be bold and be brave and just go for it. As photographers, we are always looking for powerful images that, that will hold time in place, that will draw people in and symbolize something universal, something shared, something emotional. Everybody needs to see what's going on everywhere. Pictures just stand out. This is how we remember. Insights, kits, and the conversations that matter with the world's leading photographers and filmmakers in Shutter Stories. Hello and welcome to Shutter Stories. My name is Ilvini Okikchin. I'm a Canon ambassador and a photojournalist, and I'm your host today. As awareness of the environment and the need to look after the health of our planet grows, photography is helping to inspire people to strive for a more sustainable future. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing how visual storytelling can help spark positive change. Joining me are Kathy Moran, National Geographic's Deputy Director of Photography, and Mohamed Muhaisen, a two-times Pulitzer Prize-winning photojournalist, a Canon ambassador, and the founder of Everyday Refugees Foundation. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Elfie. Thanks so much, both of you, for being here. So, Kathy, let's start with you. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about what your work involves? I know what you do, but maybe for some of the listeners. And in particular, of course, um, you've been producing projects about terrestrial and underwater ecosystem for National Geographic. And you've been doing this for over 30 years. So could you tell a little bit about that? Yes, um, thanks. I'm, I'm currently the Deputy Director of Photography, but prior to that, I was the senior editor for natural history storytelling at the magazine. And in that role, it was very important to me that the, the storytelling evolve from pure natural history to what I like to refer to as, as conservation storytelling. I think what we have done is opened up the potential for greater uh, and more in-depth storytelling that looks at the natural world and that intersection between wildlife, wild places, and um, human needs and human communities. And this kind of crossover, um, I don't know if that's the right word for it, uh, but that is then totally a significant change from what it used to be like. Was it more focused on the natural world, world only before? It was absolutely about bringing back for our readers the most amazing purely natural history photography. So if you were going to do a story on the Serengeti, then it was only about the wildlife. It never would have been about the conservation issues mm. or necessarily even the Maasai communities who were living on that landscape. It was just about wildlife and sort of showing it in its most spectacular form without looking, stepping back and, and looking at the bigger picture. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, we would have focused primarily on pure natural history storytelling. You know, if we were going to go and do a story about the Serengeti, we would look at the wildlife and the wild spaces only. We weren't incorporating those human communities or stepping back necessarily and looking at any of the issues of habitat loss or, you know, predation on, on a community's livestock. Those were not the things that we thought our readers would be interested in. We were only presenting the natural world almost, you know, in, in a Disney-fied fashion. Actually, when uh, looking at the magazine and also looking at the Nat Geo Instagram account, I can really see that, especially the subjects that are about sustainability and that involve people trying to help, are super popular. 
Am I right? Is yes. it yes. something that people like to look at as well, right? I think that our audience appreciates the balance in the storytelling and, and that shift in narrative. And I think that what it has allowed us to do is to tell better stories and stories that actually engage with people in a very different way because they can imagine themselves in those situations. And so when you're bringing to them the issue and hopefully the solutions, I think people are, are more interested in that kind of storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I agree. As a reader, yeah, it kind of gives you a more positive feeling, of course, than just seeing what the problem is. The solution, to bring in the solution is also beautiful. So what kind of key topics uh, are you seeing here? What, what kind of, I saw you recently had a, I think it was a cover as well of the uh, electric vehicles, right? Uh, yes, we did a, a big story this fall that took a look at the future of transportation, both cars and in aviation. So, you know, again, that kind of storytelling, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's a bit futuristic. Looking at, again, this is where we are when it comes to impact of transportation uh, on the natural world and resources and looking forward to what the solutions might be. So it, it really is, again, trying to find that sweet spot in the storytelling where you can say, this is where we are, this is what the issues might be, and this is where we can go. Hmm. Thank you. So, Mohammed, you, of course, also work with National Geographic. Could you maybe explain a little bit about the work that you do there for them? So most of my work for National Geographic is simply about people, people who were forced to leave their homes and hopes, families and memories behind in search for a new safe home. I mean, most of these people were forced to flee conflicts, poverty, discrimination and uh, natural mm -hmm. disasters. And of course, some other stories that matter, stories uh, of difference, stories of spreading awareness and stories of issues from our current realities. Yeah, I, well, I, of course, and I think many of the listeners as well, they know your beautiful images. Most listeners have seen your portraits of children as well. So I have a question for both of you. And let's start with you, Mohammed. What is your feeling about the potential of photography? Photography as a tool for raising awareness and of sustainability issues. Um, do you really think we can, we photographers or the images can change something? I deeply believe that through photography, we can make a real difference, big or small. At least, you know, we start somewhere. And from my personal experience as a, as a photographer, as a photojournalist, I managed to bring some difference. I mean, with, the, with my work, first of all, it started by spreading awareness, by changing stereotypes, and by raising the voice of the people that photograph. And then... I, I wanted to go further than that, and I created a foundation that through photography, we managed to bring help to thousands of people in different parts of the world. And so the, the answer is definitely, there is no better way to make a difference than photography. Hmm, you're so right. That's beautiful. And I think, yeah, you really made a change uh, and are making a change. Do you sometimes, personal question in between of all of this, do you sometimes feel hopeless as well or that it that you have the feeling, oh, it's not changing fast enough? Or are you super positive? Look, it's a marathon. Huh? It's exactly. not 100 meters. Yes. You could never say, I, I believe in, in something, you know, whatever I feel, I'm hitting a wall. 
it's it's that moment where I rebounds, you know. I say this is the moment I have to recharge myself and start because mm. nothing comes easy. I mean, you have to work hard, work hard, work hard, and I believe someday hard work, you know, comes. Yeah, very true. I agree. And what about you, Kathy? How do you see this? Can we really make a change? Are you positive about yes, this? Yes, I, I I do believe we can make a change, and I do believe that photography. Uh, visual storytelling is one of the greatest tools that we have to, to impact change. I mean, I've seen it in in some of the stories that that I was lucky enough to work on. Um, Nick Nichols and and Mike Fay back in '99, 2000, with the Mega Transect project. Um, you know, they spent uh, 18 months uh, going through the the forest of uh, Gabon and. And the story mm -hmm. was published and, and Mike Fay uh, met with then President Bongo in New York and he showed him Nick's photographs. And President Bongo said, I had no idea that this was in my own country. And he went back and he mandated the creation of the National Park Service. And that, that happened on the strength of photography. So, um, and, and just even more recently, we published a story that looked on uh, the impact of wildlife tourism on captive animals. And there was one image in particular, it was uh, an elephant, Glyhom, and he had a broken leg and he was chained. And that image we, we published. And, um, and that image and the outrage um, that, that it caused actually eventually led to his, his rescue and his um, transfer to a rehabilitation center, uh, a wildlife rehab. So, I mean, wow. just just even that one photograph could spark change for one animal, but that's a positive and that and that speaks to the strength of photography. That is so beautiful. I'm so happy to hear as well because I actually didn't know the follow-up of this image. I did see it. It was printed more than life-size in Perpignan, I think in 2019 at the photo festival, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's Kirsten Luce's photo. I mean, she did a beautiful, beautiful. job with, with that story. But um, Kirsten and and uh, the writer, Natasha Daly, they stuck with that story. And we reported continually on the status of Glyhome even after the story published in the magazine. And and ultimately, the you know the outcry led to his, his rescue. That's really amazing. That's, yeah, that's kind of what you hope for as a photographer, this kind of change. Talking about sustainability and the power of visual storytelling um, and about the change that we as uh, photographers and you as, uh, yeah, as a director of photography can make, um, I know that you both are uh, part of the Expo 2020. You will both be a jury member on the Moments That Matter competition. Can you tell a little bit more about that? What really drew me to this particular competition is that with Moments That Matter, it's about looking for solutions. You know, it, this, it's that focus on sustainability throughout the categories that I think gives this competition uh, a, a very different edge. And... Um, Just again, the idea that this is something that's going to focus on the positive, the solutions, the sustainability, is is really exciting. And you know what I what I look for when when I'm judging, when I'm editing, is that you know I'm looking for narrative and storytelling. And I think that storytelling is possible even within a single frame. And so um, I think this competition is is really going to highlight that. Yeah, you're so right. 
And uh, Mohammed, what are you kind of looking for in these images, hoping for? The part that Kathy mentioned is uh, the most important part, but I also keen to look at strong and powerful body of work, you know, images that gives justice to this very important topic, mm -hmm. a creativity, you know, uh, I'm a photographer and I always tend to make the invisible visible, you mm -hmm. know, come up with these stories that makes me curious, makes me want to dive deeper and understand more, you know, and also as, as a human being, not only as a jury member, I, I, I want to be inspired. I want to be motivated, informed, and educated about these issues. Sustainability is all about meeting our needs without compromising the, the needs of the coming generations. Mm -hmm. So for me, these stories will, will be the documentation of issues of today for tomorrow and pass it to the other generations. So that's the most important part of this competition, moments that matter. And what, what kind of criteria will the jury use? Uh, used to select winning images or to select final images? Um, that's, you know, that's a great question. And I think it's going to be interesting when we have that opportunity to come together as the jury to really talk through what matters to us. You know, again, I, I think this focus on sustainability and, and what that looks like across the categories is certainly going to be the, the guiding light. But um, you know, obviously, we'll be looking for the for the positives and also for the powerful images. Exactly. Yeah, you agree, right? I wanted to ask. And what about you, Mohammed? Look, I mean, the the competition is called moments that matter. You know, and uh, mm. photography is all about capturing moments in time, and these moments better matter. And we're, we're going to come up into into this part where we will find the solutions, the answers. You know. It's, it's definitely what Kathy mentioned. So, Mohammed, you've been documenting, as you said, the world's refugee crisis for over a decade. Right. And a uh, long, long time ago, I think it was a decade ago, we were <laughs> in a workshop together <laughs> in True. the Tube Swart Masterclass. And I remember back then even, it was already uh, one of your subjects, one of your yeah. main subjects. So you've been on this for for a very long time. And I was wondering, uh, what drew you to this subject? I mean, when I became a photographer, I, I always believed in, in, in making a difference, but I didn't realize exactly how I'm going to make this difference. You know, I, I've been 20 years traveling the world, capturing pictures, telling stories, you know. However, in the middle of this journey, I, I realized that my photographs are reaching the words and creating an echo making mm. people ask questions. Mm. I managed to, to spread the awareness, but also I got some feedback from people who want to be more involved, who wants really to help. And this is where I, I understood exactly how powerful this passion, this tool, this photography, how powerful it is as a tool to make a, a difference. I mean, my photograph connected two words and I became some kind of the bridge and the messenger so that inspired me, that motivated me to dive deeper into this subject and work hard to make this difference. Again, big or small, at least we start somewhere, you know. For me, it's, it's that the help or the difference is made from the moment I, I share these pictures with credibility, integrity, and I, I carry all the informations 
of 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 the people that are photographed and put it out there. It's again not a hundred meter, but it's a marathon. Hmm. You really put such a human face to this crisis. I mean, for anyone who doesn't know your work, go people go check it out. Uh, it's it's amazing the way you capture people. Really, really. Um, gives people that well gives me the feeling you want to do something you want to know these people you want to read about them you want to know how they live and you the way you capture that is in such a human way how do you kind of approach these stories look uh, as you know me and many other photographers we don't just pass by and take pictures you know we we spend time we invest and most importantly, we get to know the people and the subject that we are working on, that we are photographing. I, I, I become part of the landscape. I, and, and by spending time simply, that's the only way you will be able to show a window of, of their everyday challenges. Because there is no better way, you know, to tell a story than being a part of it. And after you give enough time, enough efforts and justice to this story, you know, because it's a story of the people, you know, it's important to give justice to it. Then the other part of the work begins, how to tell this story through a selection of images that gives justice to the people, to me as a photographer, and, and with the hope that this story will lead to a difference someday, will make an echo, will raise the voice, you know, LV, what I believe in, it's it's not just pictures, you know, these are voices, testimonies and messages, and they live forever, you know, it's mm. a documentation of yesterday and today for tomorrow. Again, it is that, uh, in a way or another, what sustainability is all about, you know? Yes, it's very, very true. I think you've also worked on um, stories about refugees that are migrating as the result of the environment am i right yes people I mean, on the move can you tell a little bit about that yeah i i my work in i i work on refugees and in trend displaced people people who were you know fled from natural disasters i spent many years in pakistan i worked on people who were you know fled due to floods to earthquakes to also disaster to the negative changes that happening in our planet at the end of the day, if we don't protect our planet, we're all going to be displaced. So documenting these issues that now we look at them as minor issues in in in, in few months, in few years, whatever, is going to become major issues that we need to be aware of. Hmm. So true. And Kathy, you've worked on these kind of photo stories that have to do with the environment and migration as well, right? This is also a topic that you are quite familiar with. I've, I've spent time looking at, at stories that uh, focus on uh, migration in, in the natural world due to mm. um, uh, climate. But increasingly, my, my colleagues in the photo department and, and our photographers have been looking at, at the environmental and social change that climate change is wreaking on, on different communities, whether it's drought, you know, melting permafrost, rising seas. I mean, I think we're so used to thinking of climate change in the abstract and increasingly it's it's clear that it's here and it, it's happening and people are, are, are feeling that impact. Um, so I think these stories have taken on real resonance now. And, you know, it's, it's no longer thinking about, you know, how high up a mountain can a pika move. It's about how do you move entire 
communities that are, that are being lost to, um, you know, the, the climate change that that's very real and happening in, in mm. front of us daily. Yeah. And how far have we come in terms, do you feel, of implementing real effective change when it comes to conservation issues? Well, I don't think we've we've come far enough. That's that's for sure. <laughs> sadly, 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 not far enough. I, look, I believe that we we have the tools. I believe that there are solutions and ways that we can come together and push for realistic change. Um, we know things work. We we know marine protected areas work for for wildlife and for fishing communities. We know that protected areas are more resilient to, to climate change. We know how to rewild environments. We know how to bring species back from the very edge. Um, and when we join forces, we can really impact powerful change, but we have got to be willing to do more. And I think to really focus on how connected we are. We, we all have to be the change and we have to accept the consequences of those changes. We can't just sit here and um, uh, just hope somebody else is, is going to do all the heavy lifting. So I think that the frustration is in knowing that we have the tools and that we are not acting as quickly as we need to. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. I totally agree. It's really sad um, to watch sometimes. Um, and I guess... Um, with the images that you've seen passing by in all those years, I can imagine you also feel there is a undeniable need for humans to work and learn from nature. What do you feel is this final step that we are like, that that's not moving now? Or to me, it feels like we're not moving, even though we know all of this, all the things that you just mentioned. What do we need now, you feel? I think part of the of the challenge is that we are so disconnected from the natural world. We, we, so many of us who are actually in a position to foster that change, we have lost our connection. So I think the real challenge is, is re-engaging. You know, look, we've all been sitting here in a Zoom universe for almost two years. I mean, what does that mean for all of the, the kids who aren't outside playing, who don't have those opportunities to be a part of the natural world, to see themselves as part of of the great outdoors. Um, you know, it, change can happen just with very little steps, but I, I think we have to get out there and remember that it, it, we are part of it. And, and until that message really inspires all of us, um, I, I think change is going to be slow to come. Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And innovation, we haven't really talked too much about it, although you just um, mentioned the rewilding initiatives. Uh, but I guess innovation plays a very big role in all of this. We were just talking about the electric vehicles, of course. Um, we have regenerative farming. And how do you think that technology will help us? What do you feel like? What kind of stories um, have you maybe worked on as well that have to do with uh, technology and sustainability? Well, obviously, the... Um the the aviation and transportation story is is a great example of of looking at the different ways in which technology um, can you know bring us to a more sustainable point. I think also there was a there was a fantastic story um, 
that my colleague Jamie Welford uh, did with Luca Lucatelli um, that looked at, um, you know, sort of what, what they call the circular economy and, and how we recycle, we reuse, um, we look for different ways of, of producing energy and rethinking, um, you know, our, our impacts. And, and I think when, when we tell those stories and again, share with a broader audience that there are solutions, the solutions are at hand. We, in many ways, we, we have the technology, we have the solutions, we can solve these problems. I think that our greatest challenge right now is in coming together and um, having the will to make those changes. Collectively, we have to do it. I actually feel that the, uh, that the stories that you work on and that have been published in recent years really help in, in making this difference and bringing people together. I mean, you have such a huge reach with the magazine and with the Instagram account. I mean, with Net National Geographic in general, that I feel um, people from all around the world know how important this is, mainly or also because of the stories that have been published. So, yeah, I think that must be an amazing feeling uh, to be able to work on that. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I have to say that, that my colleagues, the, the photographers, uh, our writers, they they amaze me every day with with what they are um, suggesting that, that we that we publish. You know, they're they're always looking for that story that's going to bring that solution to a broader audience. Hmm, that's beautiful. So, a question to both of you: with these sustainable stories, um, can you maybe explain that? What will the future look like? How important will this be in the upcoming years? And how will these stories be told, ideally? Well, I think what's really important moving forward is that these stories have to be told on multiple platforms. Um, you know, although we like to think everyone in the world is reading National Geographic, um, that, you know, that's not the case. People aren't all getting a hard copy magazine, you know, people are experiencing storytelling now increasingly, you know, on, on mobile platforms. And if you're not putting the stories out there in a way to engage with audiences on that platform, then you're missing uh, an enormous opportunity to, to engage. So, and what that also offers, um, is just a deeper way into the storytelling. You, you've got the photography, you've got the audio, you've got the video. So you're able to bring these stories to life for a, a much larger audience in a much more in-depth way. So it's, I, I think that, you know, making sure that um, in so many ways become we're, we're platform agnostic is, is critical to the storytelling. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Totally understand. And Mohammed. Yeah, you know, thanks, Kathy. I, I I would add something like it's. I believe in quality, not quantity. But however, we live in a period of of this amazing technology where everything is so fast. It's like a train that moves so fast, and you better be side by side with it, or you spend your life trying to catch it. So, using this current technology, for example, social media as a, as a source of sending a message to millions of people within seconds. And we can see that through National Geographic social media, Instagram account, where you have almost 200 million people. So whenever there is an issue and you want to, to share this issue with the world, within seconds it reached the world. So technology is, 
is right now is a very important element for me as a content creator, as a photographer, to, to, to share the message with the world. So taking advantage of this technology would be a very important thing to, 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 to spread the awareness into important issues that matters. Yeah, so, so true. Yeah, th thanks both of you for sharing that. And I also believe what I really like about social media and these kind of topics is that it's very engaging. People are engaging. They want to help. They want to either read more. Uh, I love the comments always underneath uh, either NetGeo Net photographers' accounts or NetGeo itself because people are really like, oh, I didn't know this and what can I do to help? It's, it's lovely just reading through that makes you so like it's so uplifting um with these kind of stories lv you remember back in the day like we used to take pictures and wait for weeks or months to get a, a clip of the paper where the picture is published yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean now nowadays <laughs> you can tell the story live from the field to the doorsteps of the people yeah it's instant yeah it's a huge difference and also i mean it makes a difference on the other side as well i believe because people can act quicker as well like if they want to help or if they want to do something, it's also much quicker. I managed to build and establish a foundation that helped thousands of people simply through technology because it became possible to tell people in every corner of the world what's happening around them. Exactly. Just that, yeah. So, Mohammed, I don't know if you remember this, but a few years ago... In an interview, you talked that you, you said that you were, uh, when you were younger, obsessed with trees and nature. True. Uh, okay, I wondered if you uh, remembered saying this, but of course you remember uh, feeling that way when you were younger. So how has nature kind of formed the way you work? You know, when I was a kid, I used to escape to nature. I mean, ah. I, I, I always found myself within nature's because, and, and this is where I... I actually and honestly learned how to be creative how to be patient and how to be more positive i think being surrounded by nature uh, teaches how uh, teaches many things i mean nature is wise nature is genius right hmm. so yeah. learn le we learn from nature and when, when we learn from nature we protect ourselves and we're, we protect nature i used to see colors you know and as a kid, you know, our imaginary is so wide. I, I, I always dreamed to, to, I don't know, to share these colors, to find a way to, to, to share these colors and color my, f my, my family, you know, color everybody I love, the way of the people, they see things through colors, you know. And up to date, whenever I hit a wall, whenever I, I feel I need to find a space or a solution or answers to many questions, ringing in my head, I still escape to nature. Your images, as I know them, um, they many times, often, bring people and landscapes together in one frame. Um, for instance, in your series, Brick Factories and After the Sunset. How important is this for you to kind of put the people uh, in their own surroundings? Because you also have your beautiful close-up portraits. But, I mean, it's a different approach, of course, to show people in their, yeah, where they live. You know, for, for me, portraying people in their own environment is very important element to show their daily life and the challenges with them. It is, in a way or another, like a reminder for other people what's going on outside their environment and what others have that others don't have, you know. 
So when I when I photograph a beautiful scene, you know, beautiful moment of a child skipping rope in a slum, let's say in Pakistan or in Afghanistan, the same scene could be happening in London, in Amsterdam. But what's different is here is this background, this surrounding of things that in some part of the world, they take it for granted. However, in other part of the world, it's so precious and so special. So this environment become a very important element to, to, to inform and to spread the awareness. Hmm. And to both of you, Mohammed, I think you've used the mantra, a smile in the rubble when talking about your photography. So you also like the show to show the hopeful side. And from the stories that Kathy just mentioned, and I know, I mean, from reading Nat Geo as well, it, it's that hopeful side um, kind of to bring the solution as well to the reader. How important, um, and this is kind of to round up the interview because I feel we could be talking for another hour, but just I want to hear from both of you, how important are hopeful stories to, for you to make, Mohammed, and as well to you, Kathy. I'm, I'm a very hopeful person, and I believe hope is all what we've got. You know, hope is life. Hope is colors. Hope is joy. Hope is nature. And with every picture that I capture, there is a hope of a voice to be heard. There is a hope of an awareness to be spread. And there is a hope of difference to be made. As I, I learned from the people that I photographed how to be hopeful, and as I have seen people who has nothing but more hopeful than people who has a lot of things. So hope is the thing that drives us to be better. Yeah, that was that was lovely, Mohammed. Thank you. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, Mohammed. I, I I think we we are nothing without hope, and we have to be aware of the challenges. That that has to be part of the narrative, but. I think I think not all stories can have happy endings, but I think all stories certainly have to have hope, or or um, or you, you you stop you stop caring, you stop dreaming, you 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 stop looking for um, that better road to the future, and so I I think it I think it's critical to not be um, Pollyanna about the issues that that we're facing, you know, in the, in the natural world or even in you know society at large. But if we don't offer solutions, um, then then what is what's the point of the story? And then again, as I said, we we have solutions. We we have the tools. It's about showing. Uh, our audience, the way in which those tools can be implemented and, and the positive outcome that awaits us when, when we take that path. Well, thank you so much to both of you. And I love this hopeful ending as well. Thanks for telling the stories that matter so much. And thanks for being here um, and for everything that you've shared. Thank you. Thank you, Avi. Thank you. Well, that wraps up another episode of Shutter Stories. And if you would like to find out more about the Moments That Matter competition, head to the Canon website. Thanks so much to my guests, Kathy and Mohammed, for sharing their thoughts on this super important topic. And thanks to you at home as well for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can rate and subscribe in the episodes listing. 
If you have any thoughts or feedback on today's episode or the podcast as a whole, why not reach out to us on social media? You'll find our details in the description below. We'd love to hear from you.